0: We are back. We have a great show for you today. I have to say I find myself more enthusiastic when the show topics are things that I thought of. <laughs> Julie, is that wrong?
1: <laughs> uh uh-huh. Well no, it's a good confession though.
0: Yeah, it is I, true I, though. I
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay, so we're gonna be, talk, be talking we're gonna be talking today and the, Yeah. Well, this is coaching stuff. This is the heart and soul of what we do. You guys know, if you listen to us for any amount of time, we are literally the antithesis, which would be the opposite of virtually everyone else that's speaking to you guys about real estate information. We do not like to talk about mindset. We do not like to talk about branding and we do not like to talk about all this silly stuff. We like to focus on things that are going to put you guys in a position to help people and help you make money. Practical and tactical is what our focus is. And this show is just that. We're going to be focused on five things. Uh, That You guys can do when meeting somebody for the first time, practical and tactical coaching information to make a really powerful first impression. And here's what I want all of you guys to focus on and think about. There have been people in your life where you've known them, maybe secretly hated them (laughs) because they're those people that had that sort of undefinable energy that when they walked into a room, everyone was like, oh, I have to go. You know, they all sort of drew the they're like a black hole because everyone wanted to be around them. They were the, they, everyone looked at them. Everyone wanted to be around them. Have you ever wondered why or how those people did that? A lot of it's natural for sure. But what we've done is Julie and I've drilled down on five characteristics of those types of people. And hey, you can copy those characteristics and make those your own. So here's the thought. When you're in line at Starbucks at, gross, at the grocery store, when you're at your kid's soccer game, when you're at that open house, You need to learn how to make it so that people, when they see you, are excited to see you, not loathsome to see you. And what we're going to do is we're going to break it down. Very practical, easy to follow steps. So get ready to take great notes. Now, before we do, Julie, we had a really great comment from one of our uh, clients in Hawaii and Hawaii. And I don't did Julie, did you go to Facebook and see that really obnoxious picture he posted?
1: I know i know did you read my comment in a good way but still obnoxious yes i appreciate your i know i agree i know he's
0: listening so read his comment and then read my comment because i think it kind of it it it. kind of encapsulates the picture
1: (laughs) yeah so this is from luan becerra and luan writes uh who by the way comes very regularly to our premier coaching calls asks great questions and his questions i i always i guess i prefer to highlight the agents who are asking questions about actual business, actual prospecting, actual marketing, actual presentations versus the agents that are always in getting ready to get started to think about possibly maybe being okay with doing those things. So Luan is one of those people who takes action, and he wrote, Tim and Julie, I want to extend a huge warm thank you and aloha to both of you outstanding individuals. You guys have no idea the impact you've had on me, my mindset, lifestyle, and my business since joining Premier Coaching. This is my second year in the business. And I was already on track to earn about $68,000 in net profit after taxes and splits to myself so far. After becoming a client of yours, I acquired one new listing within 30 days at $895,000 from Prospecting, which I credit in large to your coaching, and already have two offers on that property and a very happy client. Separately, I wanted to express my sincere appreciation for the door you opened with Margaret Reynolds of Elite Pacific Properties, my new brokerage as of this month. It's a true honor to be part of such a remarkable group of people in Elite, which is the number one real estate luxury real estate company in Hawaii as well as the opportunity to learn from great coaches and influencers such as yourselves. Keep up solid work and I will keep remembering to do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it at the highest level. God bless and aloha from Kauai. So thank you Luan Becerra for sharing your story and inspiring others in spite of the fact of this really very Hawaiian looking picture to which Tim responded. Okay, two thoughts. Number one, thanks for the feedback and stay drilled down. You're just getting started. And number two, I'm pretty sure I hate you because of that picture. His picture is in front of what is either the ocean or some incredibly no, no, beautiful it's, it's, jungle-looking swimming pool,
0: exactly. swimming hole. And Julie's too classy to say the whole picture. Luan is a very good-looking guy holding a camera, doing a selfie, taking a picture of a waterfall. And if you look down into the waterfall in the swimming pool, there's a scantily clad young woman down there waiting for him to jump in. Yeah. That's the picture. Then he paused.
1: Yep, that's the picture. Very tropical. Very uh, you know, let's just say model looking. I think he'll do fine yeah. in this business, no problem. I think
0: he'll do just fine too, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, but so this actually is a good segue before the call gets weird. When you're good looking, you do have an inherent advantage and law is definitely good looking. Oh. But when you have a, when you're good looking, you have an inherent advantage, rather, I said disadvantage, an advantage when Basically, uh, getting people to notice you, being the center of attention. But what happens a lot of times is people get older, or maybe they weren't gifted with, you know, I'd say Julie and I are above average looking, but we're not great looking. And so, what happens when you're like us, or like most people, not like Yolande, on, bastard? <laughs> you have to work a little harder. <laughs> you have to be a little more conscious of the things you say and how you say them. You have to be a little bit more focused on mastering the skill of how to be a great connector with folks because you do not get any hall passes just because you happen to be better looking or taller. You know, I have to say between men and women, women have more of an advantage over men for the most part because women are going to always attract more attention more than just uh, men, More, th- they're going to attract attention from women as well because the way they dress, they can dress more demonstratively, they can dress more uh, gregoriously, brighter colors, things like that. And they'll always be—it'll always be easier for women to attract attention to themselves. But here's what I'm here to tell you, and Julie's gonna get to her first point. You, even if you're great looking, it doesn't mean you're gonna have the real attractor factor we're talking about. Uh, even if you're a fantastic dresser, the same thing. I, everyone's known people that were good-looking jerks that no one wanted to be around. Everyone's known people that were people that were just fantastic at presenting themselves with what they wore or how they, you know, the whole thing, but they just were terrible conversationalists. And so have you ever, again, wondered why or what those folks have, the people that are really that X factor, what is it that makes them so special? And so here are the first point. Here's the first point for what we have for you guys today. I'm going to read, Julie, the first point. So how to master master first impressions and write these things down show genuine enthusiasm for meeting folks especially in business context some people's uh, demeanors while making introductions are tense and serious that might feel normal and appropriate but it's not always the most emotionally intelligent thing to do neither is saying it is on as what is this Julie? neither is uh, laying it on thick with a forced grin or over the top uh, proclamations about how absolutely wonderful it is to meet Just be natural. Pretend you're meeting um, a sibling's new significant other at a social occasion. Give it your best. Authentic smile. Don't cross your arms. Make eye contact. Offer firm handshake. It's that easy. So I'm going to scan Julie's points here real quick. Okay, good. So here's part of point point number one that I want you guys to write down is something that we've been teaching you guys for ages. It's FORD, F-O-R-D. So when you're meeting somebody for the first time, it's important that here's your conversational outline. And this is what if you read books about people that are supposedly had that X factor, one of the characteristics, if not the main characteristic that all of them seem to have is their ability to make it feel like when you're talking to them, they're only focused on you. And How do they do that? The answer is they ask questions. So the outline your conversational question based outline for conversing with folks making a great first impression is Ford family is that you should ask questions first about their family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Now, we're going to intertwine that into the next four points that Julie's written for you. Uh, four, yes. And and so r- write that down, because if you're wanting something practical and tactical, there it is. And then practice that. So I'm going to help you just get started, and then Julie's going to go to point number two. When you're on Ford, you want to ask them questions like, how long have you lived here? Has your family lived here? What? Do you, you have kids that go to school here? Or what's your, what is your, you know, those types of questions for the most part, if you're in any kind of getting to know you stage and any conver- you know, forming of a relationship, when you get a man or a woman, it, generally speaking, family stuff is more going to be focused on women because men are going to bounce off and talk about man things like jobs and things like that. But we'll talk about the difference between men and women and how to make great first impressions of them in a second. But with women, definitely with women, they're going to want to be focused more on family stuff. And that's fantastic because everyone likes to talk about their family. So ask them questions, get them talking. Now, psychologically, what happens if you meet somebody for the first time? You're sitting and you just put yourself in a position where you're kind of in this uh, line or you're standing or sitting or whatever, and you're wanting to intermingle with the person next to you. You just don't want to just sit there and be an introvert and you know not connect. Start by asking family uh, conversation, you know, family questions, and what will happen is. Those people won't stop talking, especially if you ask questions based on what they just told you, more questions about their family. Don't make them feel like they're being interrogated, show genuine interest. You know, if you have kids, obviously talk about that, those types of things. And then what happens is after that conversation is over, let's just say the conversation lasts five minutes and, you know, you've asked them some nice questions about family stuff and you've not allowed your ego to pop in and the, question, the conversation hasn't pivoted where you're just talking about yourself. Nobody wants to hear about you. That's the thing you got to remember when you're trying to basically be a master of first impressions don't talk about yourself don't talk about yourself nobody cares about you but they'll care about you if you show interest in them they'll care about you if you show that you care about them you should write that down they'll care about you if you show you care about them that is what your goal is for meeting somebody to make it so that you've had a conversation with them where you've asked them questions about themselves about their family and then when they see you again or you see them again they're going to love being around you because you made it feel good why because everybody likes to talk about themselves everybody likes to talk about their families for the most part you guys following us on the psychology of what we're trying to present to you this is all very learnable stuff practical tactical stuff point number two julie
1: Yes, and let me hover there for a second. We have not yet, and we will not be mentioning things like make sure that you mirror and match their exact speech patterns and their hand movements. That's very awkward, and people know when you're doing it. So I know some of you have been told to do that. I think it's very distracting, and it gets you off of the point, which is getting to know people legitimately.
0: Okay, Julie, since you brought that up, okay, Julie's talking about NLP okay we're not going to talk nlp is in the same bucket of witch science and witchcraft as um is uh disc and a lot of the other things that so many of you believe are gospel that you believe are real that stuff is all pseudoscience if you don't know what the word pseudoscience is i'll break it down it means fake so all that stuff that you guys or some of you believing is true is fake what nlp is what it originally was is the study and the attempted emulation of people who were, uh, had certain sales characteristics or people who had certain characteristics connect with people. But the problem is, is so many people, and I've seen this happen with uh, different trainers, to be honest with you. They start being NLP experts and then you go to a conference and then you basically, everyone stand up and your job is to mirror and match the person standing next to you. It does look yeah. fake, it does feel fake, but, here's what, but here is what's interesting. If you're in conversation with somebody and you see them naturally copying your body motions, you put your arm on the table, they do the same thing. That tells you that you are really connecting with them because on a subconscious level, they're starting to emulate you. Chances are they have been to some hokey pokey NLP conference and they're not just trying to copy you uh, on purpose. They're just doing it subconsciously. That should be an indication to you that you're connecting with them. The NLP stuff is interesting, but again, it's like DISC. It gets bastardized, and then the next thing, people start getting confused by it, and then they just start coming off as fake. That's what happens with a lot of that pseudoscience stuff. It's just, at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. Point number two, Julie.
1: Thank you for that. Okay, point number two, offer a compliment. If you notice something about the person you've just met that you can compliment them about, do it right away. Maybe there's a recent accomplishment that you're aware of that you could mention. If not, ask a question or two that can lead to information that you can later compliment them on. Emotionally intelligent people are great listeners right from the moment they make acquaintances. They know that most people love to talk about themselves and will like and appreciate anybody who earnestly listens to them. The problem is that most of the time, especially in the moment or two after meeting someone, we're too busy thinking about our own responses and can't wait for the next opportunity to jump in. This is natural and it sometimes gets worse when we're nervous. So this is something to keep an eye on. So here's your strategy. Treat the first five minutes after meeting somebody as a silent quiz session. Pretend you're being tested to see how much you can find out about the new acquaintance. Then when five minutes are up, you'll have to write an essay about everything you've just learned. And the more information you include, the higher you score. This will keep you on task, sticking to your Ford questions, which as Tim has already highlighted, Keeps the conversation about them, keeps your ego out of it, and helps you actually discover something really important about them. And again, point number two, give them a compliment. Even if that's something, I, you know, it, it does bug me when I walk into a store or something and they're like instantly, nice shoes. You know, I know they're trying to sell me something. I think it's, uh, it's, that's a different scenario. When you're just meeting somebody and you, you know, if you notice, maybe you really love the necklace they're wearing be specific though that's really unique that's beautiful gosh where did you ever find that was that a gift do you see how that's conversational not just bs so find a way to compliment them and again if there's somebody you know i mean this happens a lot in orange theory where you hear about somebody just hit their uh, marathon mark because this is marathon month right then you heard about that you that's easy compliment them on that that's going to make them feel good so well, point number 3 but, but,
0: but, but... Julie, let's yeah. give them an example. You just gave them female sure, examples, sure. which are great. Because frankly, you guys put out a lot, you know, jewelry and shoes and all that's easy for, you know. But for men, it's a little bit more difficult because yeah, generally speaking men. So, so I'll give you guys some uh, ways to do this from a male perspective. Generally speaking, the only jewelry that's acceptable for a man to wear is a watch. So uh, assuming he is wearing a watch, compliment him on his watch. Um, sometimes men will wear, like I, was, I ran into a guy the other day <clears throat> that um, he was wearing McLaren. Formula One hat, and that's not something you see a lot in Georgetown, Texas. <laughs> so I was immediately drawn to compliment him on his Ferrari or on his McLaren hat. And I was asking him about like whether he's a fan, and he was, and and his name was Bob, and he and I exchanged information. I mean, he was one. We became instant connections. He's some executive at Dell. I mean, that's how hard it was for me to make a contact with this guy just because I followed Julie's point number two, which is offering a compliment. All right, Julie. Point number three: ask at least two open-ended questions and that's oh I see you got you did have Ford in there but go right ahead my dear
1: okay no worries so uh, open-ended questions well conversations often die quickly or turn into monologues that means you're just talking endlessly when they aren't propelled forward by good questions this is a major point to practice when someone starts talking about something they enjoy use an opening to ask more how did you get into that what do you like most about that since it's something they're clearly dying to talk about, don't just ask yes or no or simple factual questions that might cut off their chance to really dig into it. And besides, you might be actually legitimately interested in what they have to say. Aim for at least two open-ended questions. That, an open-ended question causes conversation and it cannot be answered with a simple yes or no. That's how you know it's open-ended. Ask two open-ended questions within the first few minutes of striking up a chat with somebody you've just met. That should be enough to get a good in-depth conversation going on a subconscious level. You'll quickly become somebody they remember liking and will want to be around. And that's where I also inserted the Ford reminder that stands for family occupation, recreation dreams. It is not a script. It's a memory jogger. If you can just memorize family occupation, recreation dreams, that'll help you remember, well, I've got to ask about their job. That's an occupation question. What do you like most about working at Dell? How did you come to work at Dell you can't say yes or no to those questions okay so always with the questions and then do your best to remember what their answers are when i'm doing this in premier coaching tim and usually this comes out in the con- the context of expanding your center of influence going to meetings group you know meetups clubs organizations and things like that so i always encourage our coaching clients to keep some kind of a journal in their car or a legal pad so that when they get back in their car after going to say their first BNI meeting and they they really met in depth three or four people, they then can jot down the notes that they remember before they forget everything from their questions. So you're actually retaining some of this for the next time that you meet them, makes it more powerful. So point number four, we're talking about killing it on your first impressions. Find something that you actually share Have you ever spoken with someone and found them distracted, glancing around the room, or maybe fiddling with their phone while you're speaking? Sometimes that's you guys, you know it's true. If you did, there's a slim chance that you you came away really liking them afterwards. In order to make someone feel like they're getting your full attention, you obviously need to focus on them exclusively, but you also have to find an interest or a belief that you both share. So micro point here, don't be checking your text messages while you're supposedly meeting somebody and supposedly networking and expanding your center of influence. It's rude, Zoe would say it's bad manners, okay? And, you know, what's the message you're sending that you don't give a crap about them? You'd rather check your phone. So the most emotionally intelligent people know that it's easiest to connect with people they found something in common with. Well, these commonalities might not always be obvious. You have to look for them. For example, there's a really experienced runner who works out at the gym. Maybe you have a chance to chat. Again, I have to bring up Orange Theory because I know I personally have learned a lot more about how to correctly work out. Things like, you know, how to actually run without looking like I'm being chased by something, okay, because I'm a running flailer type, okay. But how did I do that? Because I asked people who are clearly more experienced at that. So, you know, I never cared about running, right. I, I'm always, you know, challenged by that. But I found that as a commonality to talk to people about, Okay. Same with talking to the coaches, et cetera. So the conversational openings are really simple, but they're not obvious after you know, a fresh meeting of somebody. So pay attention to what makes them light up, become more animated, sit up straight. A lot of people, when they're really interested in what they're talking about, they'll talk with their hands. These are little cues that are easy to catch even with somebody you don't know. So then you'll find out commonalities, passions, ideas to talk about, you know, a critical few minutes while you're forming those first impressions. You're not going to get there if you're looking around the room to see who else looks interesting to talk to, if you're fiddling with your phone, if you're looking impatient. You know, if you're sitting at a table, one of the things that I find irritating and I try not to do is like foot tappers that just look like they're so impatient to get the hell out of there, they're not paying attention. That's the message you send when you're a chronic foot tapper type and many other little tells you will you know, be aware of. So point number five, And this is really important because assuming you've done the first four points really well, you'll know their name and you'll be doing a really killer job at your first impressions. But you want to remember who they are. Everyone loves the sound of their name. Say it when you first meet them. Sprinkle it throughout the conversation without being annoying. At the minimum, make sure you say their name when you're about to leave. Gosh, it was really great to meet you, Tim. Thanks for chatting with me. Um, you know, Coach Kirsten, thanks for correcting me with those things, that, that really was very helpful. Use their name. So remember that emotionally intelligent people reinforce the likability that they've banked during your first impressions by remembering a few key details. The names of, you know, their partner, their kids, their pets, um, you know, where they like to vacation. Maybe they got a vacation home someplace. What are their hobbies? It's all useful information to refer back to the next time you see them. I know I'm always impressed when somebody like remembers Zoe's name or they remember that we have French Bulldogs after like one conversation. I am impressed by that. It's pretty cool. Go ahead.
0: So how do you intertwine this with social networking? It's really quite simple when you meet somebody and after you've conversed with them, you should try to connect with them on probably at least Facebook. And you guys know we're not telling you to hang out on Facebook all day. But that is a great way for you to stay in connect, uh, stay in contact with them and uh, reinforce that relationship until you see them again. And so we we do that as well. And when people see us again, they'll comment on some picture that we put on our private Facebook page. I frankly didn't even know Julie put up there. And then there you go. That's you're picking the conversation up. So in between seeing people what Facebook and what really I think Facebook does better than probably any of the others is it does keep you in constant communication as much as you choose to be with um, those folks you're making contacts with. And you can learn more about them that way. The old way of doing it is just by asking for their business card or whatever. All you really need is to essentially have their names. And once you have their names, just connect them there. And then you can you know, basically have a higher level conversation. We've made lots and lots of friends. Uh, by just following that pattern. We meet them in real life, and then we connect them on Facebook. We become better friends, and then we find ourselves doing things with them socially. You guys can follow that same pattern. And the other cool thing about Facebook, obviously, is it will tell you what other friends you have in common. So you might end up meeting somebody for the first time, and then you friend them up, and they friend you up, and the thing you realize you have 50 other people in your lives that are in common. And now you're being invited to parties, and you're able to uh, expand your social network, and you're able to expand your you know social network in the traditional sense offline in your social network online and that will expand your ability to reach more folks and you have service more people guys this is not difficult stuff but really what it com- comes back down to is being able to make a great first impression on folks and i hope hopefully you guys took away the key elements to what we we're talking about the number one key element and julie we didn't talk about this is basically their appearance mm-hmm. but i mean you know that's a big part well, of it I'm guys but
1: in the book update on that we're going to actually have a lot of fun with how to upgrade your first impression looks because that's a huge thing and i probably will turn that into a podcast in preparation for that uh part of the book and i'm i'm using you remember the old preppy preppy handbook with the diagram of like how to how to dress? Well, of course, I'm dating myself and you, but along those lines. Oh, I, uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, I, don't, know, I, don't, I don't,
0: I, I, don't remember that book. I don't know yeah, how you're talking you about it, old lady.
1: Well, I just ordered <laughs> it on Amazon to remind you.
0: So no, I do <laughs> remember the it, you get to wrap. <laughs> oh good, I like, make fun of you and you can't defend yourself. That's, this works.
1: Unless I <laughs> mute myself while I do that.
0: Oh no, don't do that. Well, so there you go, guys. I mean, so your takeaways from today's show, hopefully, were. The Ford thing that really is a lifesaver because so many of us have this na- this tendency to be introverted dorks when we're out and about and just look for ways you know how to do this intuitively because when you were a kid you did it you know if you ever want to see how to connect with other people just you know go watch kids play with each other and they'll find a toy in common and next thing you know they'll be besties but somehow with the older we get the more skeptical of other people we get, the more, I don't know, introverted, the more, I don't know, we lose our ability to connect with other people. And it's kind of sad. And We, we don't continue to develop the natural, uh, essentially sharing that comes about when you're trying to make friends. And so everyone's always kept at arm's length. That's no way to live, guys. It's, you know, it's interesting, the psychology of long life. And one of the elements is that you have lots of connections, lots of friends, you know real friends, and then lots of connections in general. So if you find yourself living in a world where you don't have a lot of connections, where you don't have a lot of friends, where you're just talking to the same people day in and day out, that's not a healthy for you and B it's not productive for your business. So Ford is one of the first things to keep in mind. It is your conversational outline that'll make it so you'll always have, a, you know, essentially a script running in your brain to know what should happen. Family, occupation, recreation, dreams. And the other thing hopefully you guys took from this is that do not talk about yourself when you talk about yourself, you turn the other person off. Your ego doesn't want to hear that, but it's the truth. Focus all your best energies and your question asking on the other person, and they're going to want to be around you more often. And here's the fundamental reason why you've made them feel important. You've made them feel like someone gives a shit about them. I mean, when was the last time someone uh, spent any time whatsoever getting to know you? That wasn't a professional, a doctor or something like that. Your spouse doesn't even ask you questions. Your mom doesn't even ask you questions, right? So very few people have, you know, most people have lost the art of being able to show genuine interest in other people and get to know them because their egos just want to talk, talk, talk about ourselves. Don't be like that. Be the person that asks questions. So when they see you, they're going to want to gravitate towards you because you made them feel good because you asked questions and you made them feel important. You guys follow this? That's the secret to making all this work. If there's anything we can do for you, please feel free to email us, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at If you guys want to go back and listen to literally the thousands of past shows, they're available on iTunes, Stitcher, um, or whatever your favorite podcasting you know, widget is. Or you can, of course, go to timandjulieharris.com and just click on podcast, which is in the upper left-hand portion of the screen. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.